Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. The agents that are willing to work the market are going to be the ones that succeed. We have an agent in one of our offices. I think she's been licensed six months. One of our market presidents made the statement about how many for sale by owners are still trying to sell and not having success and how that's a great opportunity for anybody who's willing to, to truly work them. She's been licensed for six months, has eight listings, all for sale by owners, right? So I think that there's opportunities at every corner, at every turn, if people are willing to set their mindset aside and really just go after it. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. The real estate market changes every day, and these shifts are causing more confusion and fear than ever. What consumers really want is an expert who can connect the dots and explain their options simply and effectively. Keeping Current Matters is changing the way agents educate their clients by giving you trusted insights that build confidence and timely marketing content that helps you stand out from the competition. Keeping Current Matters makes it easy to be the market expert so you can spend more time on what matters most, your clients. Visit trykcm.com forward slash Realtrends to learn more. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Casey Bryan, President of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Florida Properties in Tampa. And Casey was also recently chosen as a Real Trends Emerging Leader. So welcome, Casey. Thanks, Tracy. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. So I want to kind of start at the beginning, just a brief background of, um, you know, how you came to to Berkshire. And I know that, you know, they have a, a pretty illustrious ownership uh, with Dewey Mitchell and Allen and Crumbly. And so, um, you know, just tell me a little bit about how you got into that role. Sure. Um, I actually was with Reese Nichols in Kansas City Market. Um, had been with them for quite some time and um, got headhunted for the position here. And Recycles is also a home services company too. So it's a sister company. Um, I flew down and met with Dewey and Allen, who are characters, right? I mean, two of the greatest men you'll ever meet. Life-size personalities, bigger than life uh, personalities and hearts. Some, you know, really authentic, genuine people and uh, we spent two days together on the road, traveling offices, talking business, talking real estate, talking life, family, and, and everything in between, and went back home with an offer from them. And ultimately, this is the market that I wanted to be in. My my little sister had moved to Tampa for college and never left. And um, my my mother was close to retirement, which means my parents were in the ability or uh, able to relocate as well. So. Uh, for the first time in my adult life, I, we, my husband, Johnny, and I have five kids. We were able to be close to my sister and my parents, my kids close with their grandparents. And it just seemed like a, a win-win. And so 
Um, I got to Florida Properties Group. I started as a regional market president for them, overseeing the east side companies. And then a couple months later, took on business development, relocation, and marketing. And about two and a half years ago, became the president. So um, you've kind of seamlessly evolved into your leadership with them. And that's not always so easy when you have owners um, who have, you know, owned the company for a long time and you really haven't had a president, um, have you at Berkshire? We have not. Yeah. So first time and, and the, Dewey and Owen are great. They're, they're commercial guys. It's kind of the realm that they've always been in. Um, they did have a general manager at one point that was helping with the residential branches um, but they they have taken on overseeing and kind of uh, managing the entire enterprise because we also have title, uh, mortgage, a relationship with home warranty and insurance. So we've we've got a family of companies that we represent, and um, I think that they saw uh, the need to have someone over it and growing, you know, growing the business, making it more efficient was something that they really wanted to do and. It's hard when you. It's been your your baby for thirty five years, and they have they've given me great mentorship and and really just trusted me to run with it, which has been um, one of one of the greatest joys for me is seeing the trust that they placed in me. And so, what um, you know, what advice do you have for other leaders coming into a situation like yourself? Because there are quite a few of them, if they're not family coming into a family business, which is has its own, um, you know, touch points and, and issues. Sure. Um, what what sure. takeaways do you have that might help um, another leader coming into a situation like yours? Flush it all out in the beginning, right? So Dewey, Allen and I um, had a lot of conversations when we started initially going down this path three, three and a half years ago. We talked about roles, responsibilities, um, decision-making, how decisions would be made, how, you know, what level of risk we were willing to take, spending habits. I mean, we, we, we talked about all of that up front. So I knew their stance and their viewpoints and they knew mine. And the more conversations you can have up front, you're not going to be able to cover it all, right? It's, you know, you try to, to try to, but the reality is you're not gonna be able to cover it all. Have, have so many conversations up front. So you make sure that your visions are aligned for where the company is setting. I think that's the first first thing. Um, I, I think if, if we were veering in two different paths, that, that would create a lot of friction and tension. Luckily, we all see eye to eye on where we want the company to go, the trajectory of how we want it to grow. Um, and, and we see eye to eye on how to handle problems, right? I think our philosophy is if we're 1% wrong, we're wrong and we've got to make it right. And um, being in touch and in tune with the people that we have around us, whether it's staff or agents, is important to us. It's an important pillar. And so I, I think that's the, the, the best advice I could give is, is make sure that your vision and your thought processes align, because if they don't, it's going to be a really rocky road. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And and I've heard of some of those rocky roads before. I'm sure you have. And in the business. You're like the godmother of real estate, Tracy. You hear it all from beginning <laughs> to end. <laughs> so um, let's talk about how the brokerage is adjusting to the slower market. Um, you know, are there some actions you've really taken recently, um, cutting operating expenses or put a, have a, a more 
heavy um, emphasis on on recruiting a specific type of agent, um, just things that you've done to that allow you to really grab opportunity in this market? Yeah, honestly, we're kind of excited for it. I think that as an industry, we've been so reactionary. House came on the market at five o'clock. If you didn't show it by seven, it was no longer an option. So you didn't have detailed conversations as much as you wanted to. There was lack of presentation, lack of advising. Um, And so I think for us as a brokerage, for our agents, for our staff, we're really excited for where the market is. Um, We're allowed to be a little bit more systematic, a little bit more thoughtful. We're allowed to give a really good consultation because the market has slowed down slightly. It's allowing us the time to have a really good consultation, whether, you know, buyer or seller, owner, tenant, whatever it may be. We definitely have focused on recruiting. We are working on systems for productivity. Um, we've we've implemented what we call CEO sessions. So it's once per quarter, um, a, a business topic that makes our agents better business owners, whether it's um, how to structure expenses for them based on categories or um, spending habits. We've got a, a consultant coming in tomorrow that's going to look at social media strategy because I think so. everybody talks social media and being on social media, but having a strategy for your business, both for marketing and prospecting are going to be really important um, because presence is important in this market. It's really saturated. There's a ton of agents. So helping our agents really develop a strategy that doesn't allow them to go down the Facebook rabbit hole for hours in a day. Um Focusing on getting our leadership the tools that they need to be able to coach and train and assist our agents as they shift. We've, we've been talking about shifting for six months now, um, really refining presentation, pricing, positioning. Um, we never stopped in the market that we just came out of, of marketing. We still did digital ads, just listed postcards, newspaper ads, magazine ads. So just making sure we consistently continue with that position and give our agents the skills that they need to negotiate contracts, negotiate inspections, prep and prepare for appraisals and appraisal gaps, working on their presentation skills. I think anybody who's gotten in the industry in the last three years or really five, it's a skill that just kind of fell by the wayside. So getting our team really refined on the skills they need to be great business owners in the real estate arena, but also the skills they need to be great at real estate as well. Yeah. And have you found um, that you've tightened up like your operating budget in that as well? Most brokers, I guess, are really doing that right now um, Yeah, without sacrificing agent services. Yeah. We are we are in a position where we we've, we've asked each office to take a look at where their where their holes are, where their drips are, where their leaky faucet is, and um, focus on an area that they can make small cuts. Right, we're talking twenty five, fifty, hundred dollar expenses every month that add up to about a thousand dollars a month where they can cut. That doesn't have any impact on our ability to service agents and market properties. Um, and we have found in every office we we have that or every division of our company where we just got to, you know, the market was great. We were spending more in different areas that aren't really necessary. Uh, so we're going to take a three-step approach. That's stage one for us. Stage two would be looking at the overall operation and determine if there's bigger areas that we can cut. Um, systems, tools, leases, with you know, printer leases. We've got duplication in some of our offices that aren't really necessary. Um that, that can really help us be lean as the market shifts and we, we enter a recession. 
Yeah, everybody gets fat and happy when the market is real good. So (laughs) it's easy to do. It creeps up on you. I mean, quicker, quicker than we realize sometimes. Yeah, we've got 22 branches, right? So everybody's spending a little bit more that that compounds. Yeah. And, and we should say, you know, that you also have, uh, I think 117 agents, correct? Uh, 950. Oh my gosh. Why did I say 117? I'm, I'm thinking of one office. Yes. Yeah. So thinking. the office that I'm in today right now yes. has 117. Yes. Yep. <laughs> because we were talking about that. That's why yep. I thought that. Um, and, and so also, you know, not only cutting expenses, but really, um, looking for other lines of revenue. I know that you have quite a few core services. What are um, what are some, where's your focus moving into 2023 with some of those services and how are you really boosting them to, um, to boost capture rates and um, help agents really understand the benefits of using those services? Yeah, so we, we have a fantastic team for the most part with our core services. Um, great product lineup. Really, um, you know, our title team is so focused on service, but we've got to use the systems that we have to automate some of our processes to help them with communication, to help with streamlining the process. I think for any brokerage moving into the coming 18, 24 months that doesn't have core services, they're going to really struggle in being able to offer services on the brokerage side to their agent. Um so for us with core services in particular, um, in, in our title division, we're working on with, with our vendor, which is SoftPro. We actually have them in town this week, sitting side by side with us, going through our platform so we can create a, um, a secure portal. We can create automated steps and sequence. We can automate some of the communication and the outreach and um, the administrative task that way, regardless of someone being out sick or having vacation, communication is seamless with the customer and with our agents. Um, The process is seamless with our customers and our agents. Um, With mortgage, we're really focusing on making sure that we're, we've got great loan officers in the office that are, that are present and engaged and communicative. And um, we've got a team of loan officers that are really willing and able to do that. Um, you know, I think we are in the process of looking for one or two more to beef up our team on the lending side to make sure that we've got coverage in all of our territories. Yeah, absolutely. Are you looking any at other any new lines, um, such as like a license holding company or, um, you know, just some of the other lines of revenue that brokerages are kind of looking at right now? Yeah, so we we do have a um, a referral company right now, but you know, quite honestly, that's an area that we need to be better. We we put a license in there, and they they kind of sit. We don't communicate. We don't remind them that of the ability to be able to to ask for referrals and send referrals. Um, we don't show them the benefit of of continuing to have a license. So I think. Um, using the holding company that we have and the licensees that are in our holding company to be able to drive additional referrals back to our licensed agents that are making a living in real estate while also giving residual or um, additional income to our referral agents would be huge. Um, we We are in the process of really refining an insurance company. We have the licensing and the um, business entities structured, but kind of walking before we run there, make sure that we've got some automation in place. We've got uh, an insurance partner that's got a good aggregate, especially with the insurance crisis that's happening in the state of Florida right now. 
Um, you know, we're being very, very cautious with, with that. Just, we don't want any, any residual effects. And if we're going to offer a service, we want to make sure that it's truly the best that it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Florida is definitely, um, suffering and the insurance, uh, in fact, we have a special session trying to, um, come up with some solutions to all of the companies leaving our state. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you look at insurance and condos right now in our state, and I think that there's a great opportunity for us in the industry to to have a voice and be advocates and, and be consultants. Right. I mean, I think anybody who, who isn't up to speed on what's happening in either of those sectors um, is missing out on some opportunities to have some great ninja style conversa- conversations. Yes. And um, speaking of ninja, I know that your company is a ninja, <laughs> a ninja selling company. Um, we are. Really, that kind of works into my next question about mindset. Um, mm-hmm. You know, agents um, who are newer to the business or maybe really haven't, um, haven't really had to place an emphasis on marketing and back to basics and sphere of influence the last couple of years, because it's been a little bit easier to get business. Um, you know, and they're kind of seeing all this news and it's very uncertain. And, and, um, you know, what are you, what, you know, what are, what are you doing as far as agent mindset? What are your market presidents doing, um, to really help these agents understand that there are things they can do and there are opportunities that they can, they can come away with um, if they have the right mindset and the right, and they practice the right skills. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that we do is remind them that not every real estate licensee that's licensed today will be licensed in a year. There will be many that choose to exit the industry. So even though we're getting back to a more normalized um, unit count across the country for sales, um, that's divided between a whole lot of real estate agents right now. And so as those units tick down, so will the number of agents. And the agents that are willing to work the market are going to be the ones that su- succeed. We have an agent in our in one of our offices. Um, I think she's been licensed six months. We made a statement. One of our market presidents made a statement about um, how many for sale by owners are still trying to sell and not having success and how that's a great opportunity for anybody who's willing to to truly work them. She's been with us. She's been licensed for six months, has eight listings, all for sale by owners, right? So I think that there's opportunities at every corner, at every turn, if people are willing to um, set their mindset aside and really just go after it. The business is there. We are we are very fortunate that we put on what we call a CEO mastery workshop every year. We bring in industry professionals that are inside the industry and outside the industry to talk about some of the ways that they can be better business owners and better real estate agents. So that is actually happening for us next Friday. Um, we we are fortunate enough to have a, an economist from the Florida Association of Realtors coming in, talking about what's happening in, in our state um, from a real estate perspective. We've also invited uh, five different EDC panelists that are going to talk about growth in our city Um, the businesses that are looking to make a move into Tampa, um, the industries that have targeted the Tampa metro market as a place to call home, um, and the employees they intend to move in. So I think from a mindset shift, if our agents can hear that there's still businesses looking to be a part of our market, to move into our market, um, to call our market home for their employees, that's a huge uh, bonus for them if they're willing to pursue the opportunities. 
We've got um, classes on investing for real estate professionals. We do have uh, one of uh, the Florida Association of Realtors uh, staff members coming to talk about what's happening in insurance and in the condo world. So we're well-educated and, and can be advisors for our, our sphere, our friends and our family. Um, and, and really just showing them the numbers, right? The, the reality is our brokerage um, and the agents within our brokerage have, have done really well in markets like what we're getting ready to go into um, because we have heavy marketing and heavy support our agents traditionally thrive in this market. And so, you know, myself, our leadership team, our market presidents, we are, I think the word that we use over and over and over again is we're really excited. Yeah. I, I know that sounds crazy, but we're, we're super excited for the market because our agents will, will thrive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've interviewed enough agents to know that um, if you, if you do the work, it doesn't matter what the market is doing. Um, you know, it's really about relationships and building those relationships and understanding um, what's going on in the market and looking for the opportunities that there are. Um, and you don't need to be a real estate veteran to do that. You can be a new agent and find the same thing, just like you said of the one agent who looked at FISBOs. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen success with both of them. I, I, but I do think it goes back to mindset. You know, like you said, if you, if, if you feel like the market's crashing and there's no opportunities for you as a professional in the industry, you're probably right. If you think that this market is great and you're excited for a more systematic approach to your business and a more streamlined process because you want to succeed in this market, you're right also, right? I mean, it, it's, it, it is what you make of it. There were, there were agents making six figures in 07, 08, you know, in, in the, the middle of the, the previous market and, People thrived. And we, the one thing we didn't talk about is your property management um, division. Mm -hmm. What are, you know, a lot of brokers shy away from property management um, because of the, the work involved in it. So tell me a little bit about um, where you see opportunity in property management as a, as a profit center right now. Yeah. So uh, property management for a brokerage is... Uh, natural disaster proof, hurricane proof, recession proof, right? Rent comes in regardless of what's happening in the world around us. So for us, it's such an integral part of who we are and how we operate. We've got about 40 property managers throughout our company, throughout our, our 20 branches. Um, we have some opportunity there though. You know, we need to streamline processes. We've got a little bit of a clunky process for our property managers on the back end. Um, so streamlining that to make the process just easier for them, maybe eliminating some of the administrative work, I think is an opportunity for us as a brokerage. When it comes to um, owners and investors, right now the market is, you know, again, normalizing. And I, I feel like we've gotten over the the hurdle of I got to sell right now because I'm going to capitalize on the money. And we're seeing still, this is the best year we've had in, in new listings, new, new managed property listings. I think we've taken 180 in the first nine, nine months of the year. And it's been a fraction of that in the previous three years. Um, so we, we see owners wanting to have mailbox money, right? Wanting to have managed property and, and residual income from it. Yeah. And obviously the rental market um, means they're not going anywhere anytime soon selling most. That's right. Um, and um, 
I had a question about property management. Oh, um, institutional buyers. Are you still seeing a lot of institutional buyers in your market? So at one point we were about 35% were institutional buyers. Um, I, I haven't seen the latest figures on that from, from what I'm seeing contract wise, that's gone down significantly. What we're seeing is, you know, small investors who are buying three or four properties or having five or 10 managed properties, but we're not seeing the major corporations coming in and buying hundreds of them like we did last year. What about global? Which is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. What about global buyers? Are you seeing that come back to your market some? We are, yes. So uh, China has been a great market for us. Um, when it comes to international buyers, they're typically buying um, new construction or newer construction homes um, for leasing. So they have the residual income from that. Um there are, there are some additional countries that we're seeing success with, but China has by, by far been the best for our market. That's interesting because, um, you know, it really has shifted. California obviously was a natural um, investment opportunity for, for sure. buyers. And it's interesting that they're now moving into Florida. I know that even as uh, several years ago, there was an opportunity, but they just weren't really coming here because of the flight times. And it, it just was yeah. too difficult. So. That's interesting that they're starting to move more into into the state. Yeah, we've got and and from an investment standpoint, there we're seeing them buy and lease, right? I mean, we're we're seeing them lease back the properties. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, obviously, real estate is there's always a new market. Um, and where do you see the most opportunity for for brokers first, and then for agents in the next year? I think the, the biggest opportunity for brokers is to invest in their agent skill set, right? I think we've gotten as an industry, again, reactionary. Um, there wasn't time to be really thoughtful in how we were consulting. So from a broker standpoint, I would say the biggest opportunity is taking time to teach your agent skills when it comes to consulting and advising and positioning um, teaching your agents negotiation and presentation and pricing. Um, because as an industry, we win. If we have really well-educated, well-informed, and willing to advise agents. Um, from, an agent's, I, I, from an agent, I would say soaking up the skill. We always say go back to basics, back to basics, which I think that there's some truth in that. But the reality is the basics are still shifting. Right. I mean, we're not going to do things the same way we did in 05 and 06 or in 13, 14, 15, or even 19. Right. The way that we're doing it today is going to be a little bit different. So while the foundation may be the same, um, the method of carrying it out should shift. We've, we've gone through a major cycle change. And so our dialogue is going to sh shift a little bit. What we say and how we say it should shift. So um, agents, whether they're brand new or they've been in the industry for 30 years, taking the time to learn um, what that means, learn the economics of real estate and be able to, to have um, intelligent conversations with anybody that you talk to, I think is going to be really important. I also think from a, from a brokerage standpoint, there's going to be an opportunity for acquisitions. I think there's going to be an appetite for that. Um, certainly not at the rate that it was before, or, or you know, the, the cost of brokerages, I think will go down. But that's a great thing for the industry, too, for brokerages who do have training and education and are willing to invest back into the knowledge base of their agents. It's good for the industry. 
Yeah, and and uh, let's kind of touch on that um, from an M and A standpoint. I know that that you merged with Weicker, uh, which was an independent, and that um, you and I had talked, and you really had no breakage from that. What do you, you know, how was that possible? <laughs> tell me what, yeah. what did you do and what, um, tell me about that process. Um, you know, it seems like culture was a big part of it, but um, tell me a little more about that. I think culture was a huge part of it. Um, they had a long-term owner. Her name was Jeanette Yates, classy, professional, educated woman who had been in the Tampa market for decades, right? Um, I think one of the biggest reasons why we had no breakage is because she's still a manager with us. So she did not want to run the back office anymore. She didn't want to have to pay the bills and um, worry about leases and all of that. She just wanted to invest time with the agents. So for us, it was, you know, we switched the sign out. We gave them a lot more tools and resources, um, a ton of training up front and, kept Jeanette in place. So that was that was probably our biggest success. We also did a second acquisition of a Coldwell Banker franchise over the summer. Um, it was a roll-in to one of our existing branches. It was a smaller company. And, and a few of those agents didn't chose not to make the move. Some of them did. And I think the reason why we had some breakage there is because we didn't keep the location and so forth, that we, we were moving them into a different office. But particularly with M&A is I think investing time up front to not only tell them the resources and the support, but then to walk the walk with them, you know, make sure that they get one-on-one time training and they know the people and the players and they don't get lost as acquisition takes place. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important, um, you know, because you usually you're not telling these agents ahead of time for obvious reasons. And so- right. Um, they're a little surprised when you come into the office. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they went from yellow to Cabernet. So it was a big change, right? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my last question is just what's next uh, for you and the company? Yeah. I mean, I think that we have an appetite for growing. Um, we have, we probably had 10 M&A conversations over the last nine months. Some of them were not fits for us, right? And we're okay walking away from companies that aren't going to be complementary to our culture that are going to be operate in a different vein. So um, we're looking at possibly moving a little east and a little north, really figuring out what we need to do to support our agents, specifically our agents that are doing a lot of business, making sure that they have the tools, the resources, the dialogue, the education to be able to really shift in this market and make more money than they did last year right? Um, Looking at ways to use technology to automate some of our systems and some of our processes. So the people that we have in place get to interact with the people that we have in place. So we want want our team to be able to have more one-on-one conversations, be able to have time to, um, I call it rocking chair time, right? To sit back and really be reflective over things that went right and wrong in their day and um, come up with great ideas to make it better. And, and unfortunately, it's, that's, that's been tough in our industry the past couple of years. So um, I feel like the last 60 days are finally getting to a place where people can, can have a little bit more clarity of thought and invest back in relationships with people. So continuing to encourage that. Um, we had a great group of people that, that we were able to learn from in the past week and um, 
we definitely have plans to implement a leadership training and ninja leadership training in the next 90 days, 120 days. Um, we have a ninja session planned for our agents in April, um, really continuing to focus on, on mindset, on the reality of where the market is and where it's going, not all of the noise that's out there right now. Um, and, and continuing to learn ourselves. I mean, there's, there's, while, while we've had market shifts, there's no two markets that have been identical. And so, you know, trying to stay up to date on what's coming and, and being able to communicate that back to our team, I think it's going to be really important too. Luckily we have you. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. Yeah. And we're lucky to have you're you. Great, <laughs> great resource. You're a fantastic resource. Well, well thank you. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Steve Murray, um, founder of Real Trends, has always said, you know, if you think you're close to your agents, get closer. Um, you're right. Because this is the time they need you the most. Um, and they need you always. But yeah. in a market um, that's shifting um, and changing, that's when that that's when they need to know that you're there. And that's when the relationships yeah. really are are the most important. And um, the the relationships the agents have with consumers as well. So. You're right. Um, congratulations on on all the training that you're doing. It sounds like it's making making a big difference. Yeah, we we've got some we've got some room to work, but uh, I, I think just making sure that we're giving the agents what they want and need to. Right? I think that's that's paramount. We we may think that they need something and and be walking down a path that that may be wrong. So getting closer to our agents, make sure we're giving them exactly what they what they truly need. I think is going to be really important. Yeah. Over the next quarter. Thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.